0: All right, everybody, good afternoon, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, and we are doing the recaps of each conference in the NFL uh, after week number two. We've just completed the AFC, and uh, on to the NFC Wiz, and uh, oof, there's a lot of places I want to start. You know, I, I do want to start right here. I'm going to start with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who had a big win uh, in that ball game. Um, I also just want to point out, I, I really do, and Wiz really does appreciate the support we're getting from guys out there, guys like JB, uh, my buddy Amish, who uh, continues to reach out about the podcast and about about our content. Love to hear that type of stuff. And you know, the, the guy I want to talk about, and, and, and who I don't own in any league, and who again doesn't look like the better running back on this roster. I know they had a big win. I don't want to pour rain on on the parade but Ezekiel Elliott is not, doesn't look like the better running back in Dallas. Every time Pollard steps on the field, it's another dimension of speed that we're seeing. And I don't know, maybe it, maybe I'm over-dramatizing it, Wiz, but, I, you know, again, I don't own Ezekiel Elliott in any league, but, I don't. you know, JB was even asking me, like, is it time to start saying that Tony Pollard is beyond the handcuff and standalone value uh, that should, we should be looking at that player?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's one of these guys that... He just looks so explosive when he's on the field. And I I don't understand these teams. This has been the case since I've been watching football, when two of your best offensive players are running backs, I don't understand why one has to be playing and the other has to be on the bench. I don't understand why teams can't figure out a way to get both running backs on the field at the same time. Both Pollard and Ezekiel could catch the ball. You could use them in different ways. And uh, boy, that was a tricky little play when they ran with Pollard with a little bit of an end around and he had some burst. And I, I just feel like... You know, you have to get him a minimum of 10 to 15 touches a game, whether it's handoffs, jet sweeps, little tosses, out in the pattern. You have to get him the ball 15 times a game or 10 to 15 times a game. And, uh... I just, I just think like these offensive coordinators are not creative enough when the best players happen to both be running backs, while one of them has to be on the sideline. That's never made any sense to me, and it continues not to make sense to me. But to your original point, yeah, Pollard um, for the last year plus has looked a lot faster and a lot more explosive than Elliott.
0: You know, there's a couple other guys in this division. We, we've seen two games now in Ken, Ken, Kenneth Gainwell's career, and, and and I think the Eagles have shown that they have confidence in the player, using him around the goal line, two-point plays and stuff like that. I think as the season wears on, he's a player that's going to probably have some pretty big value when it comes to fantasy. Uh, I think it was nice to see J.D. McKissick back. You know, I think some owners panicked on what they saw in week one. Um, and again, a player that they made sure, a playmaker, he made one of the bigger plays in that ball game with that 56-yard catch on, on the Thursday night game. Uh, Good to see that type of stuff um, happening uh, with those type of players. And by the way, the Thursday night game, you know, Tyler Henneke, once again, with with a great win. Uh, Not to take anything away from Daniel Jones, who played probably one of the better games in his career. I think it was nice to see Saquon... uh, get a little bit more action. I think Giant fans can be a little bit more, and Fantasy fans can be a little bit more confident as as time wears on there. But that that was a really good and entertaining football game for a Thursday night, but another big win for Haneke. And as you pointed out, not really going to see any any diminishing production from those skill players as we saw a huge game from Terry McLaurin uh, on on Thursday night was. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is getting interesting with the Washington football team and... I'm not sure I'm ready to say it yet, but I'm getting close to. I think their offense is better than their defense. I watched their defense play, and they played against a depleted offensive line for the Giants. That are, it's just not a good offensive line, and they couldn't get to them. Their back half of their defense is, is not great. The Giants were moving the ball up and down. They dropped a touchdown pass, there were other drops. Penalties. They kick field goals when they could have gone for it. That Washington offense is talented with talented players, and Curtis Samuel hasn't even stepped on the field. And I'm, you know, this is a team where you know you you would think, oh, just Fitzpatrick just has to manage the offense, not make mistakes. The defense will carry him. The more I watch this, I'm not seeing it. I mean, I'm just seeing it like Washington's offense. Has a lot of good players, and I'm just wondering if the Washington defense is not overrated. Well,
0: that's an interesting one, was because you know we a lot of people felt that this was going to be you know a team to watch this year uh, in terms of defenses after what they did last year, and uh, I don't I don't disagree with you because they uh, they definitely are were playing against a very undermanned offensive line from the Giants and uh, couldn't really. Couldn't really put a pass rush on, and uh, I think that's mildly concerning to say the least.
1: And the week before, they could not stop the Chargers in the fourth quarter. The Chargers held the ball the entire quarter, third down after third down after third down after third down. They couldn't get off the field. And when you have an elite, supposedly have a lead defense, you give your offense an opportunity to win that game. And. I, like I said, I'm not ready to say it yet, but I'm getting close to it, ready to say it, that, that the Washington's offense it may be better than the Washington defense because uh, I'm not impressed at all with what I've seen from them the first two weeks.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. All right, well, let's talk about your Minnesota Vikings. They should have won that football game. Uh, unfortunately, this is a team that's cursed by their kicker. This time, Greg Joseph missing basically a chip shot to win that ball game. Um, what I do want to talk about is Kirk Cousins still playing at a high level. Uh, a little worried about. I want I, to say this again. If you're a Dalvin Cook owner, you, you you better make sure you get your hands on Alexander Madison. You know there were two times in that ball game which you know made me a little squeamish as a Dalvin Cook owner. I happen to own Alexander Madison, but if you don't, you better get a hold of that player. But was the player I want to talk about? And we'll talk about in waiver wires tomorrow. I, I don't think he should be available on any waiver wires. It's it's clear to me that those that that the, the Irv Smith role is being utilized by K.J. Osborne in this offense, and he has looked unbelievable in the first two weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you have Jefferson and Thielen, you know, you, there's a lot of opportunities created for the third guy, and he's making the most of them, and I, I think that's going to continue. And um, what a shame the Vikings lost that game, I mean. Just, um, just one of those games, and similar to what I mentioned about the Seahawks, the Vikings have seemed to find a way to lose these games often, and uh, I'm uh, really starting to feel strongly that this is going to be it for Zimmer, but uh, it, was, it, was, it happened to be a great game, two teams that really couldn't stop each other, and um, just a sad ending for the Vikings.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess we move on within the division, the Chicago Bears, who are basically being forced to, at this point in time, move ahead with Justin Fields as their quarterback, with Andy Dalton being hurt, probably going to be week to week for a while. Uh, Some curious decisions that he made during this particular game. I know he was being lauded for his play during practice, but this is in practice so when you step onto an NFL football field it's a big difference. I you know I think there were a lot of high expectations for Justin Justin Fields, you know, even in in fantasy drafts where he was picked, but I think we're going to see a lot of inconsistency from this player on a week-to-week basis. Wiz.
1: Yeah, you know, that throw he made, that was just a Momentum Turner it kept the Bengals in the game. There was no reason to make that throw. But more importantly than the throw itself, is it's, doubt starts to seep into your mind about throwing the ball. And then it just seemed like every time after that, he took off and run. So I'm just wondering if he's going to be able to overcome that. He's going to make bad throws. He's not going to call the right offensive protection and he's going to take some bad hits i'm just wondering what the residual effect of that is going to be is he going to look to take off and run on plays that he should be hanging in there in the pocket it happens to young quarterbacks all the time and i'm concerned that justin fields is going to make some poor decisions and he's going to just look and run and um that's not going to lead the Bears to where where they want to go so I'm interested to see what takes place these next few games with the Bears and Justin Fields
0: and Wiz I'm just curious like I would say a couple of impressions from last night's game uh, talking about Detroit and, and Green Bay uh, Green Bay got kind of back going again, uh, a little bit on the conservative side in the play calling early. They've got Aaron Jones very involved in the passing game. Uh, I would say uh, if you had any concerns about Robert Tanyan and and, and uh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers' connection, that chemistry is still there. They're still very, very highly efficient whenever he targets that player. I guess the one player that I'm kind of keeping an eye on, I guess in waiver wires is a little kind of a uh, an appetizer, if you will, but uh, Quintez Cephas was the guy that kind of stepped up at the receiver position outside of T.J. Hawk. Yesterday in that game with Tyrell Williams out, uh, made a couple of good 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 plays, took some good hits actually, and uh, you know, he was the one player that looked like they had some connection with Jared Goff in that ball game was.
1: Yeah, there's no question about it. I look at the copycat league and the Lions were playing the same kind of defense that the Saints played against the Packers, except they just don't have the same personnel that the Saints have, so it wasn't going to be as effective. But still, they were winning that game at halftime. They made a couple of mistakes offensively, and the Packers um, were not as bad as they you know, score, per, you know, in week one. And I don't think after week two, you could consider them to be one of the teams to be favored to get to the Super Bowl from the NFC either. There are a lot of holes in their game, um, so we'll see how to play how that plays out. And yeah, there's a lot to to, to like about Quinton Sievers He's a heck of a wide receiver. Um, at wisconsin jeff okuda who is the number two overall pick taken said he was impossible to cover um so there, there's, there's a lot to like about him and uh, i'm interested to see how his career takes off there's, there's a real opportunity and i hope they continue to give him the opportunity
0: all right so let's move to the uh nfc south and uh you know i thought mike davis had every opportunity to kind of take a stranglehold on this job considering the decisions that were me and me and made here uh Cordero Patterson is looking like he's going to be a real nuisance in fantasy this year. They're finding ways to get him the ball. Uh, I think it's going to be very problematic if you went into this year uh, betting that Mike Davis was going to get the lion's share. And right now, Cordero Patterson looks like the better playmaker for the Atlanta Falcons at the running back position was.
1: You and Cordero Patterson have a history.
0: <clears throat> uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs>
1: you, you You love that player. It was something about him. You you kept him in a keeper league when people thought you were bananas for doing so. He's quiet. He's a talented player. He could do a lot of things, and he he's looked terrific in the first couple of years. Uh, I mean, the first couple of games this year. Um, you know, and to your point, I think nuisance is the perfect word as far as if you're a Mike Davis owner. Um, you know, he's, he's looked better, quite frankly, and uh, I'm not sure if that's ever going to become anything more than a full-blown split committee, but it kind of devalues both players, but um, Daryl Patterson is certainly making the most of his opportunities.
0: All right. Now, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it looks like Tom Brady, uh, you hopped on that wagon. It looks like they're probably going to throw some – he can throw between 60 and 70 touchdowns. I think it's a possibility uh, that we're not talking about an uncrazy number. Uh, But I do want to talk about one player, and we we talked a little bit about this yesterday. And if you own this player in fantasy, get him the hell off your rosters. Ronald Jones stinks.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. I I mean, it just seems like – you watch him and you say, boy, what is he doing on that team? He he just feels like he's the one guy. He takes a, an easy swing pass from Brady. It's going to be an easy first down. <laughs> he steps out of bounds a yard before with no reason to – is he running out of bounds anyhow? Like a quarterback, you know, it's afraid to take a hit. Then on second and one, they give it to him again. He doesn't get the first down. Then they give it to him again on third down. He finally gets the first down. Like unnecessary – Runs that didn't need to happen because he stepped out of bounds in week one. He had a fumble, but more importantly, in this in in the game that took place on Sunday, he missed a blocking assignment that got Brady blown up on a on a blitz. And he's not going to do many more of those before he is going to be glued to that bench because fumbles, drop passes, stepping out of bounds is one thing, but when you're not Protecting Brady on those blitzes—that's <clears throat> not going to be stood for. So, uh, agree completely with you, completely with you about Ronald Jones.
0: And so, Wiz, you and I own T- Taysom Hill in, uh, in one of our leagues, and uh, we got the ugly, ugly, ugly uh, Jameis Winston uh, this particular Sunday. And I guess we haven't talked about it yet about pickups, but uh, you know, uh, I- I'm thinking after last Sunday and. You're talking about a coach not standing for that kind of stuff, and I don't think Sean Payton's going to stand for it if you get another game like we saw this past week. I was concerned about Kamara into this game. That was a big factor. We know Carolina's playing well on the defensive side of the ball. I know you're fed up with uh, Marquez Calloway already, uh, but there's, there's there's been concerns in New Orleans right now. I know they won that game against Green Bay in resounding fashion, but as you mentioned, you're not sold on the way Green Bay's playing football right now. I think we both can agree that Carolina's had a nice little start to the season, but I think if you're a Jameis Winston owner or if you kind of hopped on board that, Taysom Hill looks like he's going to become uh, uh, on an on-the-radar player if he's on waiver wires uh, out there. I think you have to pay attention to that.
1: So there was a Seinfeld episode where Jerry's dating a girl and the girl looks one way in like a lit room and she looks completely different when the room like, is dimly lit. And it was an episode actually with Brian Cranston where he was like in the same restaurant. I don't know if you remember the episode. I do. That, that seems Winston. I mean, he looks in one way spectacular, and then in week two, you go, oh, yeah, that's the James Winston I remember, who makes the most idiotic decisions and throws that he should never make, and, uh, you know, it's why Tampa said bye-bye and why nobody else wanted to give him a chance as a starter, so you have, in week one, comeback player of the year, after week two is how many more of these throws before he gets benched? That is Jameis Winston, but I guarantee you, Sean Payton is not going to put up with much more of that, and uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, but I'm with you, and uh, I don't know Marcus Callaway. He looked like the next coming of Jerry Rice in that last preseason game with Winston, and now he's just you know not not even barely recording stats in these games, so. Uh, it, it, this is hard to explain with Callaway these first two weeks.
0: Yeah, not good. Not not good at all. Uh, what is good, though, is uh, Mike Meadows' Carolina Panthers are 2-0. They're finding all kinds of ways for Christian McCaffrey to touch the football. Sam Donalds is playing well. This young defense is really chippy. They get after it. Uh, it's exciting stuff that's going on. Uh, the Carolina Panthers look terrific to start the season. I talked about this team. I thought they had the potential to make the playoffs. They're on a good start right now.
1: Yeah, get away from Adam Gase, and your fantasy football and your NFL life can change. That's for sure. Um, Sam Donald looks composed. Um, he's got terrific players around him now. He never had a player like Christian McCaffrey on the Jets uh, in when his tenure with the Jets. He's got a lot of good players around him. Uh, he's got the connection with Robbie Moore, or Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore is a good receiver. Terrace Marshall is a good third. Um, receiver uh there's a lot to like offensively with that Carolina team and uh their defense is swarming so your prediction uh one of your bold predictions that Carolina will make the playoffs is looking pretty sweet I have to
0: say so far so so far so good and uh uh with amazing chemistry thus far this season between Stafford and Cooper Cup, he's Going bananas uh, with Stafford under center in, in for the Rams. Uh, Rams squeezed out that win. I guess the, the one player I do want to talk about, though, is, is Daryl Henderson, who got hurt in this ball game, And, you know, you've been a little skeptical about the player just overall, but Sony Michel made a little bit of an appearance in this ballgame. I think you're a little bit unfamiliar with the playbook early on in the first game, uh, but got 10, 10, 10 uh, touches in this particular game. Uh, again, a player that I think uh, fantasy players want to keep their eye on, uh, especially given Henderson's tendencies to play or, or to get injured
1: yeah i mean i, I there's no question about that That's you know sony michelle this is why they made that trade to have somebody that they feel pretty good about in the event that they weren't happy with henderson he wasn't playing well or got hurt so you may see you may see sony michelle um get the ball a lot in week three especially if henderson is going to be out for the game. Uh, But that situation is rolling. So let me ask you a question. Are you concerned about Robert Woods?
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I talked about this with you when uh, I thought that there was a potential for both of these receivers to be kind of knocking on the door of top 10. I thought the better chance of that player was going to be Robert Woods. Uh, So far, that looks completely incorrect. It sounds like from a chemistry perspective that Stafford and Cup. Spent a tremendous amount of time with one another uh, before they got the season underway uh, and in the offseason, even before the teams were in camp. Um, I'm not concerned. I think there's going to be games that, that Woods is going to get his for certain. He's too talented. He handles the ball a lot on those kind of jet sweeps and reverses and all that sort of stuff. But I would say right now, two games in, I, I would say Robert Woods will be very relevant You know, during this season. But I think the guy who's going to be the top 10 guy is going to be Cooper Cup.
1: Yeah, when I see Stafford and Cooper Cup, it's starting to remind me of Mahomes, Kelsey, Rodgers, Adams. That's shorthand, and it's only been a couple of games, but, and I'm not saying that Robert Woods, I'm agreeing with you, is going to have some big games as well. But I just look at the connection, the chemistry, knowing what a, what the quarterback and receiver are thinking on each particular play. And, uh, boy, it's already looking terrific chemistry between those two players, just a few games in the start of the season. So while Woods figures to have some big games, there's just no reason to believe why this Cup-Stafford thing is not going to continue.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I just, it just looks different. It just looks different. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm observing and what I'm seeing, and that's what my eyes are telling me. Uh, my eyes told me a lot in the preseason watching Rondell Moore. Uh, I do remember seeing him as a freshman in college when he was at Purdue. He lit it up. Uh, he didn't play much the next two years because of injuries and COVID. Uh, Rondell Moore burst on the scene uh, in his second NFL game, and I don't think that's going to happen every week, but I do think he's going to be the second most productive wide receiver outside of uh, DeAndre. Hopkins on this roster he should not be on any waiver wires if you're in more shallow leagues you got to make sure you roster this player exciting player they want to get him the ball in a different ways they want him to handle the ball around the line of scrimmage obviously he got behind the defense for that long touchdown uh, it was great to see I don't expect that kind of production like I said on a weekend and week out basis but I think Rondell Moore will still be the second wide receiver to own in this elite offense in Arizona
1: So going into the season, I I would have definitely agreed with that. But, boy, it's hard not to be impressed with Christian Kirk so far. And uh, he is playing terrific as well. The thing about Rondell Moore is these big plays are not happening in the way that I predicted they would happen they've been broken plays where murray has kept things alive and he seemed to find more on several of these plays i'm looking for more to catch the ball in the slot and where use his elite quickness and slot receiving i mean i think he could be one of the best slot receivers in the nfl in three years um but he hasn't caught the ball or been used in that way it's been like these breakaway plays where Murray's breaking containment and, and Rondell Moore has been the recipient of that so the results have been terrific but I'm just saying that I'd like to see them use more with are getting in the ball and they're putting in positions to work against safeties and linebackers and maybe third or fourth cornerbacks in the squad and let him go to town so we'll see if that changes but look the results are the results and uh his week two was uh, was a game winner for a lot of fantasy football owners
0: yeah, the last thing I want to talk about, and I know Seattle lost this game, but I really don't have much to say from a from a fantasy perspective about the, about the Seattle Seahawks, but it's turning into a significant nightmare if you drafted any of, of the San Francisco running backs or even if you pick somebody up. I don't know what they're going to be doing or what we're going to be seeing. I am frustrated still by Garoppolo uh, just overall. A couple of missed throws again in this ballgame, but he seems to be have a good connection with Debo Samuel. But I guess if you're a George Kittle owner right now, there's definite concern right now because that production is not where it needs to be.
1: Yeah, if you're a George Kittle owner, I think you need to get Trey Lance in there. I think uh, him and Ayuk were the two players that would benefit the most of Trey Lance getting in there. And I mean, I just feel like Garoppolo... Under pressure is not good, and if you could put pressure on him, you can make him throw the ball inaccurately. And uh, I think the 49ers realize that. They understand that. So I think when they play a team like the Rams, where Aaron Donald is going to cause havoc right up the middle, you're going to see some bad throws. And uh, I I think you'll see Trey Lance in there sooner than later.
0: And I was really, you know, it's unfortunate on, on his first carry as an NFL player, Trey Sermon is concussed on the play. It was a great run, an eight-yard run. What,
1: what, quick, what quick is he showed oh. on that run? I mean, I love Trey Sermon. I really, really do. But, I mean, I don't know what this guy did. I mean, I've heard all kinds of stuff from he missed curfew to he's hanging out with the wrong people to he was behind on the playbook, all of that stuff. But... I just know he's a terrific player, and um, the 49ers would not have drafted him there if they didn't think the same. So it's unfortunate, and uh, to your point, wow, is that situation murky.
0: Yeah, I mean, everybody, look, Hasty, Hasty looks like he's going to miss this week. Mitchell got hurt in the game but did come back, so it looks like he's going to be there. I know they signed Trenton Cannon a couple of weeks ago. Sermon certainly is not going to play with a concussion. I think they signed somebody else as well. If I'm not yeah, they
1: signed uh, Jacques Patrick from Florida State. Yeah, Uh, who's a Bengals, a
0: Bengal guy who you mentioned last year, big guy, a big guy who played in the XFL. I, you know, again, it's a name you have to pay attention to at this point in time.
1: (laughs) You know, what's funny to me is. Uh, what's funny to me is the best bet for the 49ers in terms of their running back situation is probably on injured reserve right now.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one because I did pick him up in one league uh, where I'm able to put him on an IR spot. So if you have the benefit of of that type of situation in your league and Jeff Wilson Jr. is available, it's probably advisable to go get that player. If you don't have the luxury of having an IR spot, though, you know, is this a player that can come back in five or six weeks and actually uh, add some significant value because we know what he did at the end of last season? I think that's something that you might want to take a look at.
1: I agree completely. I mean, he's a name that I think is going to be certainly a a factor in the last half of the season.
0: All right, righty, Wiz. Uh, that's going to be it for me. Uh, do you have anything else to add or you're good?
1: No, that was it. Covered, it all, covered everything.
0: All right. So Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast with the recap of the NFC. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, wave of wire and then all, all the action in terms of uh, Thursday night football and the betting lines that we're doing, DraftKings and the prop bets and the game lines that all come back the rest of the week. So Wiz, talk to you tomorrow about Wire. Otherwise, have a good evening and be good.
1: You do the same, thank you.